Hey guys, Maya here, and I just wanted to tell you about this amazing opportunity I got. I am working as an influencer for Literary Creations by Jenny. For those of you who don't know, she's an online retailer. She makes book sleeves, bookmarks, bookish totes and tees, all of the best bookish things. And because I'm an influencer, you can use code MYTAKE on any of your purchases for 10% off. All of this will be in the show notes below, but definitely check out Literary Creations by Jenny. Go follow her. Go use my code. Get yourself some bookish merch. Christmas is coming, so it's the perfect Christmas gift. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Hey guys, it's Maya, and I just wanted to jump on here and promote my takes Instagram really quick because we're doing a lot of fun things. I'm doing more posts, more stories, and I also have to say I've started a new series called The Bottom Shelf, and it's video reviews, IGTV video reviews, and I think they're super fun, and they're all on the Instagram, so go follow my take on social media and specifically on Instagram at underscore my take. Okay, so a bunch of black authors collaborated on a book of little short love stories, and y'all know I love a good love story, especially a collection of, like, loosely intertwined ones. Like, I am here for stories that are, like, loosely intertwined with all the characters. Like, I love that shit so much. And Angie Thomas was a part of it, and you know I love her. I have... I think the only episode I have on one of her books is for Concrete Rose, but I've been meaning to go back and reread The Hate You Give and On The Come Up because I love those books. So I was just like totally on board with every single part of this because today we're talking about Blackout by Donnell Clayton, Tiffany D. Jackson, Nick Stone, Angie Thomas, Ashley Woodfork, and Nicola Yoon. I never remember all of those authors. I made sure to write every single one of them down because every time I'm talking in conversation with people about this book, I'm like, oh, it's by like Angie Thomas, Nicola Yu, Nick Stone, and then I kind of tap out. I only remember three, but wrote them all down, so we got them all. The book is so cute and such a fun read and really a short one, so you can like devour it, and there's only one of the stories that like isn't self-contained. Like one of them is broken up in different chapters throughout the entire thing, but for the most part, the rest of them are all just, like, you're reading just that story. So you can, like, just read a story every day or something, do something fun with it. But it's just amazing, and I loved it so much, so I'm very hyped to talk about it. Books, TV, music, and movies. All things that make a big impact on everyone. I'm constantly gushing about my latest read to anyone who will listen, so I figured I'd turn my rambling into something coherent that people will actually listen to, which means no tuning out halfway through. I'm Maya Ghosh, and this is my take. Okay, so as always with a book, we're going to start with a little bit on the writing. And for a book written by six different authors, each story has its own distinct style, but they all work together super well. Like, it helps individuate each story a little bit because the writing's just a little different in each and so you have not only do you have different characters but like you have a little bit of a different writing style that helps break it apart which is nice and it helps like remind you that this is like a collection of a bunch of different authors working on stuff but also it like it's not so distinct that it feels jarring or it feels like it shouldn't be together so it works super well I loved how like some stories were shorter some stories were longer I love that the long walk was the one that was like interspersed between each of the stories like I was talking about, but all of the other ones are like self-contained. 
All great love stories uses footnotes in the most, like, badass way to help the narrator's inner monologue, which is so super cool to see. And actually something I co-opted into a project I'm working on for my creative writing class. So that was actually really cool to, like, see it in that. And now I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm using this for my thing and so like somebody was asking me about like my use of footnotes and they're like oh I've never seen it I was like yeah like in blackout um one of the stories uses it and so that was really cool to like see that I love like how this might have been my favorite thing about the book how like just barely intertwined the characters were but they were still intertwined enough to make you feel comfortable and make you feel like you had a sense of like grounding like the more you read you're like oh, this person's connected to this person and this person's connected to this person. It gave you a sense of, like, familiarity. But also it wasn't like, oh, they're, like, best friends that all fall in love together, you know? And so that is kind of my favorite thing. It's very similar to if you've read They Both Die at the End, how that book is interconnected. Like, it's very similar to that. And I loved how that book was interconnected. So I love how this book is interconnected. So... It's just, like, the perfect balance, I think, of six authors working on one writing piece. And, of course, like, I haven't mentioned it at all, which is strange. We're, like, four minutes into this. But all black authors and all black characters. And so, while I'm not black, we live for the diversity of more black characters, especially in romance and just as leads. And it's not, like, hitting you over the head that it's a black book either. I feel like with a lot of Angie Thomas books, it's, like, the main point of the book is to talk about the black experience in America, which is amazing and I love it and I love the characters she creates and I love the way she does that but also I think it's important that we move to a space where diverse characters can just be leads of things without having to like have it hit you over the head that this is a book about a diverse character and so I love that they did it I love the book I also love how fucking pretty the book is like it's pretty and then also the fucking dust jacket like when you take the dust jacket off the actual book itself is super pretty so it's just overall it's such an amazing book and I had such an amazing time with it and I loved the writing okay so now that we've talked about the writing we are going to jump right in talking about the long walk which is the first story and even though it's interspersed I'm just going to talk about each story individually so I've like thrown everything about the long walk into this section This is Tammy and Kareem's story, and Tammy, we meet her because she's trying to get this new job because she wants to get out of her neighborhood for the summer because she's dealing with this, like, really bad breakup. And the way it's written, at first I was like, are they older? Because she keeps talking about, like, her neighborhood as if, like, her ex is always there, and I was like, were they living together and, like, they're still living together or something? Is that what's going on? But it was really just, like, they're in high school and it was a really bad breakup. And so, of course as is the way of romance novels, her ex shows up and is trying to get that internship. And, like, Tammy still totally is in love with Kareem and is, like, denying so much shit. But then the blackout happens. And that was the other really cool thing was to see, like, how the blackout, like, brought all these people together and all these stories. But the blackout happens, so they're like, okay, transportation's not really working. We have to get home for this party. Let's just walk. And the entire time they're walking, Cream's like, super worried about his phone. And Tammy's like, why the fuck are you worried about your phone? It's not a big deal. And he's like, look, worried about my grandmother. So Tammy does the nicest thing. And she calls her mom and she's like, hey, can you check up on Kareem's grandmother? Because we're walking home right now. And he's really worried about her because of the blackout, which was so great. And I think I have to backtrack a little bit here because while I said it was not a book that hit you over the head about it being a book about the black experience, this one really does have a like poignant scene where Tammy 
she like runs into the guy and the guy's like complaining about his fucking phone being smashed because they ran into each other and he's threatening to call the police which like fucking idiotic because there's this citywide blackout and i'm sure there's actual emergencies the police need to attend to not just the fact that you fucking smashed your phone because you're being an idiot but that did really hit home because you then you think about like the racial implications of that and how that was allowed to happen and everything and so like it they still do slip in those moments which i appreciate not that i appreciate that it happened to tammy but like as a reader looking for diverse books like i appreciated that after this incident of course they need to chill out with some ice cream though it's not really chilling out because like they rehashed their breakup but of course kareem remembers her favorite ice cream because how do you forget you can't forget you can never forget so he remembers her favorite ice cream and we see as they're rehashing their breakup which is like kind of intense but we see that they were always planning to go to college together but it was really never the plan because college was always too expensive for cream but he was like looking into going to juco's around where she was gonna go to college but now it's too late for them which was really fucking sad because you could see that they both wanted to be together but they both were like no it's too late we can't do it but then cream helps her cross the bridge because she's having a panic attack and we see like more emotional intimacy between the two of them and that and then it kind of just ends with the fact that like tammy's had this idea in her head the entire time that kareem has been dating this other girl and like that's why they broke up but he's single and he's planning to go to atlanta where she's planning to go to college because she was like i'm going to atlanta to get away and he's like yeah well their junior college is in atlanta i can swing that so they're like back together and as they kiss the lights come back on so it was really cute to see that so yeah kareem and tammy's story was super cute and once we have their story we have mask off which is tremaine and jj and not only do we live for the diversity representation with all of the leads being black we live for the diversity representation of the lgbtq plus community because we have tremaine and jj's story and then the next story we have is nella and joss so we live for that but tremaine and jj was so cute because i think jj is tammy's little brother i took kind of shitty notes i was very wrapped up in just enjoying this book but one of them is Tammy's little brother, and, like, she had been talking about her little brother and the other story, was so we see that, like, interconnectedness. Tremaine and JJ, though, haven't spoken in six years. They, like, had an incident together in elementary school or middle school, and they haven't spoken in a really long time. But now they're stuck on the train together, and JJ's, like, contemplating life on the train, and he's having student-athlete burnout. And, like, as someone who experienced student-athlete burnout, I feel you dude and it sucked and reading it I was just like no I don't want to read this this hits too close to home but he's student athlete burnout and then JJ is also reflecting on the fact because Tremaine is there and he's like holy shit Tremaine's there I don't know if he like remembers me or I don't know about this but JJ is also reflecting on the fact that they met at a gay masquerade ball and Tremaine didn't know it was JJ because what happened was JJ was being hit on by this weird creepy guy so Tremaine bystander interventions him which was amazing and then they like chat about life and kiss and JJ like totally lied about who he was though but then Tremaine is claustrophobic and passes out and is like having a hard time being on the train when it stopped so JJ obviously has to like help him off the train and like carry him to a place where they can sit in the subway and stuff 
And as they're doing this, Tremaine's like, yeah, I knew it was you, like, at the masquerade ball. And so they laugh and talk and admit that they like each other. And it was just so cute and pure and sweet and happy. And, like, this book gets away with being, like, 90% fluff, and I live for it. So it was just so happy and cute, and, like, I love it. And I also loved, like, seeing all the flashbacks of the masquerade ball. Like, it was just so good. They were so cute together. And speaking of people who are cute together, next we are transitioning into Made to Fit, which is Nella and Joss's story. And we get thrown straight into the action with this one because Nella has to stamp out a playing card that got lit on fire at the old folks' home that she, like, I don't know if she volunteers or she works there, but she's there. And then Pop, her grandfather, is telling her the story of how him and Granny met during a blackout in New York City and like that story was utterly adorable and I love the parallels because then clearly Nella meets her endgame in a blackout in New York City but Pop loses this picture of Granny and Nella's like no we need to get that picture back it's a really important picture so Nella and Joss are looking for it together and we learn about vending machine tea party picnics which is like a genius idea and so fun and I loved it so much it was so cute but then also we learn about Nella's past and so Nella and Brie like Brie claims to be straight but drunk because this girl's at parties so Nella's like oh maybe there's like a chance that she's not really straight or something's going on so Nella admitted her crush but then Brie like got super weird about it and left and went to Haiti all summer so Nella's been kind of like sad and depressed about that but then Joss admits that like she's only helping Nella because she thinks Nella's amazing and Joss had to see for herself like if Nella was this amazing and the fact that like Nella had this energy that was all love and it was so cute and then they kiss and Nella's like oh my god I love this girl a lot like it just all of the feels that come out because like Nella's so like stuck in her head about stuff and then Joss is just so like direct and is like look like I really like you also Joss's dog and this entire thing is iconic because we love the fact that she has an amazing service dog and, like, their kiss is adorable. And, of course, like, I kind of had a hunch the entire time, but, like, the photo wasn't missing. It was all a setup to get them together. So we love Pop for that. But it was just, it was so cute. It was, it was adorable. They're adorable. I'm going to be saying they're adorable or cute a lot because this entire book was adorable and cute and amazing and fluffy and everything I want in a book. Okay, next we have All Great Love Stories and Dust, which is Lana and Tristan. And this one is set after Dark in a Library, which, like, I love. It's like, okay, this is going to be a shitty connection. But, you know, after when they're, like, running around in the library after Dark, like, we hate after and we hate that couple because they're problematic. But running around in the library after Dark is something I would want to do. So, I loved the setup for this one. Like I said, I love that we get the footnotes in this one. It really helps emphasize Lana's inner monologue, and I like it, especially because it's friends to lovers, and so there's a lot of things that Lana can't say out loud, and so we get to see her say them in the monologue, which was cool. But in the beginning, Lana's staring at Kareem and Tammy, who are on the steps, so again, we see, like, just the little drops and the little hints of interconnectedness, which I just really appreciated and loved for everything Tristan basically was the kid who wrote Nella. Also, speaking of interconnectedness, Tristan was the kid who wrote Nella, very, very gay Nella, a love letter in ninth grade. 
And so that was super funny because I think that gets mentioned in Made to Fit. And so it like comes back around in this one. But Lana and Tristan are running around the library. Lana also bullet journals. So like she's my girl. Like Lana and I would be friends. They are trying to find the best book ever written. So Lana's like, I don't know, she keeps like running around all these different places in the library and Tristan's like, you're going to lose, you're going to lose. In the end, we learn that Tristan picked Sam I Am and Lana picked If Beale Street Could Talk and obviously If Beale Street Could Talk beat Sam I Am. Also, we love, it's hard because Dr. Seuss wrote The Grinch and I live for everything Grinch related but then also Dr. Seuss is racist so we can't support him but we kind of we support the Grinch um but like obviously if Bill Street could talk is a much better book and when he finally like admits this Lana's like well could you ever love me in more words than that but that's basically what she says and then of course as it always is it's always been Lana so they kiss and it's adorable and they might have been my favorite story because it was just so cute and it was set in a library and a lot of bullet journals and we have the footnotes and like there's just so many little adorable things that happen in it that I was like yeah they might be my favorite they're they were super cute and moving from super cute to super like not entirely cute we have Kayla and Micah because it's really just Kayla's story but like in the spirit of it being a rom-com book, I'm saying Kayla and Micah. So, Kayla, who is Lana's cousin, and her class are here from Mississippi on a class trip. They're on this, like, double-decker bus. She's up at the top of the bus. She's dating Trishon, but she has a crush on Micah. And her and Trishon are, like, that couple. Like, they've been together for a super long time. The entire school knows them as that couple can't imagine them like breaking up and stuff which like I'm sure is a shit ton of pressure to put on people because that like really sucks but they're that couple but she's sitting on the bus with her friend Jazz because she can't stand to sit near either of them and Jazz like lists 10 hyper specific reasons why Kayla should dump Trishon like hyper specific about his behavior and his actions and things so clearly to the audience Jazz like has a crush on Trishon and Kayla like starts to think this but then can't confirm this because her teacher like has her switch seats so now she's sitting with Micah and Micah is playing 20 questions and flirting with her and then of course because of this Micah and Trishan have to like get into it so Kayla's like I can't fucking deal with y'all I'm going downstairs which like I love her for that and while she's downstairs in the bus she gets some kick-ass advice from the bus driver who ends up being tammy's dad and we see this in one of the chapters in the long walk like the bus drives by and tammy's like wait and she starts to run after the bus but she doesn't catch it so tammy and kareem could have been on this bus too but they were not but tammy's dad gives really great advice and eventually what ends up happening is kayla amicably ends things with trushan and she's like i'm just gonna be single for a while and the bus driver, Tammy's dad, is like, I'm going to take you all to this block party that's happening. So, I'm really happy for Kayla. I liked this one. I was happy that it wasn't just her jumping from one relationship to the next. I was happy that she was like, no, I'm going to take my time. I'm going to end things. I'm going to figure out who I am and what I really want. And it was really good. And it's like, 
even though it wasn't cute in terms of like oh my god they have this like amazing love story that we get to root for it was cute and like a good personal growth moment because i think that's another thing that we've seen a lot in rom-coms recently is there's an aspect of which there's a relationship but the book also relies on the characters to grow and to not even necessarily grow in their relationship i feel like a lot of times characters need like that's part of the black moment they break up and the characters need time to grow on their own to like be able to be in a relationship long term and to be able to get to that happily ever after so I like that we were doing that with Kayla and we were like no you need to be on your own also she's like fucking 16 she does not need to be in a relationship right after she's out of another one I mean nobody needs to jump relationship to relationship but especially not teenagers so it was not the cutest but like I did appreciate it and I loved like Kayla getting advice from Tammy's dad that might have been my favorite part of that story And now, finally, the last story we have is Seymour and Grace. And Seymour is Grace's ride driver, and he's playing this, like, Ship of Theseus podcast, which, like, I mean, kind of, sort of interesting. But, dude, if you're a rideshare driver and you're playing a podcast about the Ship of Theseus, I would be a little sad. Like, just play standard radio music. Don't subject me to, like, listening to shit about philosophy. But... He's playing a Ship of Theseus podcast and giving Grace a ride because Grace is trying to go to this block party. That's the other thing is, like, all of the characters eventually end up at the block party. So, that's, like, another cool way that they're all interconnected. But Grace is trying to go to this block party because she wants to get her ex back. And so, they're driving along and they're kind of arguing. Grace doesn't really want to listen to the Ship of Theseus podcast. Seymour actually wants to talk about the Ship of Theseus and, like, discuss it. They find out that they're both from Jamaica. Seymour has been here for a while. He moved as a kid, and Grace moved, like, two years ago. So they kind of bond over that. Grace also, we find out, is best friends with Lana. So that was really cool that there's, like, that connection. And they, like, finally actually do get into debating philosophy because the podcast stays on. And they finally, like, halfway through this book, or book, halfway through this, like, little chapter introduce themselves like they don't actually know each other's name and stuff until then but the car runs out of gas so Seymour insists on walking Grace to the party and like as it happens in these books when Seymour is walking Grace to the party she's spilling all her guts about her ex because like he's the stranger she's never gonna see again so she's gonna on this magical moment like spill all her guts and talk about this thing so that happens and they like talk and they chat and we get to the party and we realize he likes girls who are curious which is basically him coming out and saying by the way I like you so like (sighs) it was so cute the way he said that and then he hypothetically asked her out but it doesn't fucking end well because Lana shows up and is like hey your ex is over here so Seymour's like oh I'm gonna leave And then Grace starts to, like, walk over, and she's like, I don't want my ex. I want Seymour. So she finds Seymour, and she answers his hypothetical question, and then the lights come back on. So they were adorable. I was mad at Grace because I was like, really, girl, you're going to let him walk away? Like, we all know you're not supposed to be with your ex. You're all our exes for a reason. But it works out in the end, so we're okay with it. So to wrap up this episode... 
The book was so, so cute. It was very cliche for very many reasons that I've talked about, but because the cliches were interspersed amongst a bunch of different stories, it didn't actually feel that cliche. And I live for cliches. So, like, as long as they're good cliches, I'm totally happy for it. And it was still super cute. The perfect amount of, like, interconnectedness. It was just, like, a happy-making, fun book. I'd love to see more like collected works by these authors I'd love to see more stories about these characters like if they could all get together and write like follow-ups to these characters but then it's like is it really as special because that was part of it was like that it's just the blackout and that's why it's special and happy but I don't know whatever these authors want to do if they want to get back together and write more about them they can it did make me realize that I need to read more of the author's individual works because I've read everything Angie Thomas has written I have a Nick Stone book I need to read. I have read David Yoon's books. I have not read Nicola Yoon's books. Wait, did Nicola Yoon write Everything Everything? If she wrote Everything Everything, then I've read one. But I know for sure I haven't read The Sun is Also a Star. I've heard mixed things on those. But, like, I haven't read anything by Tiffany G- D. Jackson, Danielle Clayton, or Ashley Woodfork. So, I need to get on that. They need to get on writing either a sequel or some other kind of like fun anthology of love stories because it was so cute and amazing and I had such a great time. So yeah, I have been Maya Ghosh and this has been my take on Blackout by Danielle Clayton, Tiffany D. Jackson, Nick Stone, Angie Thomas, Ashley Woodfork, and Nicola Yu. Thanks for listening. So we're kind of a one-woman show here at My Take, so the credits are not going to be very long. This podcast is produced and edited um, by me. I do all of my own social media. The only person I really have to thank is one of my great friends, Paris, who did the music that is in the intro and that you're listening to now. So thank you, Paris, and thank you all for listening. You can reach me at underscore my take on Twitter and Instagram. And please leave a rate or review wherever you listen to this podcast. That helps a ton. So yeah, thanks for listening.